Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. It's Friday. Dawn's not in pink, which can mean only one thing. Steve's not in the studio. You think? Yep. But coming up, we have Kids and the Gospel. Rebecca McLaughlin is going to join us. And we also are going to go to the Word with the devotional. We are. We are. And yes, you did notice. I'm of course impressed. I noticed. I, I'm so proud of you. It is Friday. And for the first time, and I can't even remember when I'm not wearing my favorite color. Yeah. yeah. Looks good, though. Well, thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. Brownie it, points, right? It, yeah. Absolutely. Just for that, I'll share the coffee with you this morning. Thank you. (laughs) Steve is out today, and you would think that, you know, I'm not wearing pink for that reason. Two things. One, I told Ben as I left, because he said the same thing, no pink, it's Friday. I said, I know, I know, I'm just messing with Briggs. Want to see if he notices, which kudos to you. Thank you. You did, you did. Uh, Observant man. (laughs) Write it down, write it down. I'm so proud. And then the second thing is, I have this jewelry that has a story behind it that I wanted to wear this jewelry today, and it doesn't go with pink. It only goes with something that is this color, which is kind of a deep turquoise, so I put it in the blue family, but I bought this jewelry for a friend of mine for her birthday. Uh, wow. When was that? I don't know. A year ago, maybe? And I wanted these earrings, but I couldn't, I just couldn't make myself buy two you know, two pair. So you stole them. So no, no, no. She <laughs> lives in Kentucky. I sent them to her and I thought she's, a, she's artsy. She's an artist and she's paints. And I thought she will love these because they're very artsy. She didn't love them. And, and thankfully, like we're s- like sisters. So thankfully I could tell, and she confessed, which I would rather her say, not my thing. So I don't buy something like that again. And uh, I said, oh, listen, if you don't like them, no harm, no foul. But could I have them back because I like them? (laughs) (laughs) And she she waited for a while because, you know, she's like, but you gave them to me. I don't want to. I said, yeah, but sis, if you're not going to wear them, I really would like to have them back because I have some jewelry that I can wear them with. And finally, she sent them back begrudgingly. But she did. And she said, well, please don't stop trying. I said, no, 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 no. Don't worry. That that's yeah. Uh, we'll keep trying to find something that you like, but um, I would like to make use of them. And I got them in the mail yesterday. I'm wearing them today, but I couldn't wear pink with them. There you go. You knew there was a story. I did. I yeah, did. it there's couldn't always, be that there's, simple. There's right? always a story. <laughs> That's truth. <laughs> that is truth. Well, I know the Hillers have arrived safely to their destination. They're out for the weekend, and I know because Susie sent me a photo. And where they are is snowing, and she's like, I'm so glad we don't live here anymore. So they are in Chicago visiting family and friends, and I I just was like, oh, girl, that just looks cold. I am so sorry. But, yeah, thank you for praying for them as they traveled and pray for them through the weekend that they just have an enjoyable time together. Yeah, yeah, and while they're, while Steve's not in the chair, we need to hear from you. So 800-555-7898 is the number to call or text us mm-hmm. because we're missing Steve. We are, and we would love to have you join that conversation. I will also say that that's the same number you can use to get the devotional. So if you just want a copy of the Devo, that's the keyword, D-E-V-O. That number Briggs gave you, 800-555-7898. Oh, the devotional. Are you ready? This, of course, is from Black Me Ministries International. And if you've ever heard of the study Experiencing God, 
Henry Blackaby and Claude King penned that years ago. It's now been re-released. And I was just talking to uh, my friend Susie, Susie Hiller, the other day, and she's going through it. And she's just like, this just changes the way you see where God is at work. And I love that. Today's devotional reminds me of what experiencing God is teaching, and that is join God. So here, here's where we're going. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What in the world does Matthew 16, 24 mean? Because sin causes us to be self-centered by nature. We are good at that. We might not even think we're good at being self-centered, but we are. (laughs) Shifting our hearts from God to self. And the essence of salvation is in an about face from that. An about face from self-centeredness to God-centeredness. The Christian, we must spend a lifetime denying ourselves. We're coming after him, we're denying self, we're taking up our cross to follow him. And we have this huge temptation And that is to affirm ourselves while we follow Jesus. And we're not alone. James and John did this. They chose to follow Jesus, yes. But here's what they asked of him. They asked for the two most prominent positions in Jesus' kingdom. And Mark 10 talks about that. James and John, they wanted discipleship that would not impede their personal desires, not impede their personal aspirations. Like them, we say, Lord, I want to be pleasing to you, but I want to stay where I am. Ever done that? I, I, ooh, yeah. I'm recognizing a lot of things by this devotional this morning in my own life. Self-centered people try to keep their lives unruffled and undisturbed, safe and secure. Hmm. Our temptation is to give our time and give our effort to the goals of the world. And then... Like, this doesn't quit messing. (laughs) Then, when we're successful in the world's eyes, we seek to bring God glory. We want the world to know that we're going to honor him with our success. And we may say something akin to, now that I have succeeded in business, now that I've succeeded in sports or politics, even with our family or Christian ministry, I want to give glory, all of it, to God. Now, here's something very, very interesting and could be stealth if we're not careful. God is not interested in receiving secondhand glory. Mm -mm. He wants our activities to be those that he's directed us to, not just what we think and what we pursue and then ask him to bless. God receives glory from his activity in our lives. And the world wants to entice you and me to adopt the goals that it has, to invest in temporal things. Resist. Resist that temptation to pursue your own goals, asking God to bless them. But do this. Deny yourself. Matthew 16, 24. Deny yourself and join the activity of God as he reveals it to you. This devotional is on our Facebook page, which is Dawn and Steve in the Morning, and we can send it to you. Devo is the key word. D-E-V-O. 800-555-7898. Oh, the desire of our heart that it would be to follow the Lord, to go after him, to deny ourselves and let the Lord use these lives. They're temporary. Let him use these lives to bring others to him 
and glory to him as well. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, Dr. Mark Terman of the Denison Forum drops today to talk about whether we're on offense or defense. Click the bell to subscribe at youtube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve to be reminded when each new video drops. We're so glad to have as well this morning joining us, Rebecca McLaughlin, as we talk about a brand new book that she has authored. And it's a tool tool that's going to help us to reach our kids with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Rebecca, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. It's a pleasure. Oh, she has the British accent like our friend. She Briggs. does indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Can't get rid fabulous. of us. Yeah, no. And it's wonderful. Although sometimes I have to tell you, Rebecca, we do have to translate English to English around here now. I Yes. I sometimes find myself saying things and then saying, wait a minute, is that an expression over here? And people look at me blankly and say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not at all. Well, I know that the translation of the gospel is always important. And sometimes we need a little extra help in how we communicate with our kids. We want them to understand. And we know that the Holy Spirit is at work. But to have a tool like exploring the earliest gospel, a kid's Bible study, Jesus and his good news is so very helpful. So thanks for take you just a few moments to to join us and to share about this but you had help with the writing of this book who helped you I did I have two daughters who are 12 and 10 and then a little son who's four and um, Luke my son was not involved except that we did dedicate the book to him but Miranda and Eliza who are 12 and 10 actually really helped quite a lot in terms of um, just making this book more um, accessible to kids, helping to figure out when what we were saying um, wasn't going to translate well, make sense to a you know eight year old, for instance, uh, coming up with illustrations to start every study, um, something drawn from popular culture that kids would be able to relate to. Um, they yeah, they were hugely helpful. That's wonderful. Uh, so I'm so curious though, what was one of the things that one of the girls said? Okay, mom, that's just not going to work. You've got to rephrase that. <laughs> there was one, I think um, we were talking about Jesus being um, the, the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my 10-year-old Eliza said, like, kids don't know what the word groom or bridegroom means. You gotta you gotta figure out how to explain that. I was like, oh, okay, I hadn't thought of that. That yeah, and good word. I think sometimes if they if we haven't grown up in church. Uh, And that kind of terminology, we might not think about it in the context that God means. I mean, our culture is always going to change things. So good job, little sis. She (laughs) helped mom (laughs) take on that. Now you go into the book of Mark and that is where you help us dig in. Why the book of Mark for our kids? I love giving kids an opportunity to work through the Gospels and just encounter Jesus very directly in his in his words and uh, actions that we have recorded for us in, in the four Gospels. Mark is is the shortest Gospel, which is a help for kids. It's also, as far as experts can tell, the earliest to be written down. And in the introduction to the study, we do a little bit of kind of apologetics work, helping kids understand, you know, how do we know this is actually faithful testimony about Jesus giving us um, access to eye- eyewitness accounts of, of his life and, and ministry and death. And so Mark's gospel was just a really great on-ramp for any kid to get saturated in the gospels and to understand what kind of writing they are and how, how we should understand them. 
I think, too, a tool like this kind of helps us as adults as well. If we've never done anything like apologetics or homiletics or things that help us study through the word. I mean, those to me just sound like really big words. But you start to break it down and you understand why those things are so helpful. And you do that, but you also apply it to real life. As I look at one of the days of study, you're talking about superheroes. And this is Mm -hmm. day 30 and asking a child, what is your favorite superhero movie? And then you take us into Mark 9. What are you hoping kids will start to pull out of Scripture as they get a chance to write things down, what they're learning from the Word? Yeah, it, it seems to me that Jesus is is far more amazing than any character in a story that our kids are going to read. He's far more magical than any character from a sort of magical world they might encounter. But the way that Jesus uses his power is is so special and unique. The way that instead of using it to um, bring glory to himself in an, in an immediate way, he goes around sort of quietly healing people in his ministry. And ultimately, he shows his greatest power when he dies on the cross for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his death and resurrection are the, are the greatest manifestation of, of his power. And the resurrection sort of makes some sense in that it's an, an, a mighty miracle. But you can't have the resurrection without without the crucifixion. And so the the fact that Jesus, the the Son of God, didn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many is just the the most amazing act of power ever seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and to think about that even as adults, to stop our Friday morning and contemplate what Christ has done for us is worth the time that we mm. would set aside. And then to take extra time to spend with the kids in our lives to let them know that they too can learn to study the Word of God. I mean, most of us didn't grow up learning to study the Word of God. We just listened to sermons or listened to Sunday school teachers. But to be taught a tool to dig into God's Word. I love your book for that very reason, because it helps us teach the kids how to do that. And you talk about uh, how we can have the kids get interested in just that, reading and loving the Bible. And when we come back, I want to go right there because it's worth the effort, as we mentioned on this Friday morning, to start to consider why we study the Word of God. If we haven't yet, this is a good opportunity to take some moments in our lives and grow closer to Him. We're talking today to Rebecca McLaughlin. She's written a book and a Bible study called Exploring the Earliest Gospel. It's a Bible study for kids and letting them in on the good news. Don and Steve in the morning. Dawn and Steve in the Morning have just launched our Instagram channel. Follow Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Instagram now. Yes, just look for at Dawn and Steve, and that's true for YouTube and Facebook. We try to keep a lot of resources there for you. We will get this one posted as well. Rebecca McLaughlin joining us, talking about exploring the exploring the earliest gospel as we teach our kids how to study the Word of God. And I so love this as I think back to my growing up and my grandpa was such, such a diligent man and he would study the word and teach it to us in Sunday school. And yet I never really learned the tools to study. Now you think reading and and that's important, but really digging in. But you're saying, Rebecca, with this tool that we can teach our kids from an early age. Mm. And why is that so important to do? I think whatever age we are as Christians, the uh, ability to take in God's word, even in small sort of chunks on a, on a daily basis, is just so helpful to our own discipleship. And um, with my kids, I, I don't want to see them as people who will one day be disciples of Jesus, but people who, um, praise God, are 
a professing faith in Jesus now, and I want them to have the the tools of of daily discipleship that will see them through their whole lives. Um, my hope with this study is, yes, there are two ways it could be used. One is um, if a kid has the maturity themselves to just give it to them, for them to be able to sit down every day, have a, a very straightforward, little, you know, accessible um, introduction set of questions for them to work through on a, on a short passage and then a pr- suggested prayer or like prayer prompt at the end. Um, but alternatively, to sit down with your with your kids. I, I know it, it can be an aspiration for many Chris, Christian parents to want to um, have daily Bible times with their kids, but it can be really intimidating to think, well, I don't, you know, I don't really know where to start or what to say or, or how to engage them. So my hope is that this book would just be a, a really kind of, um, you know, bottom of the shelf, like pick, pick something uh, that's straightforward. I think Americans say putting on the on the one yard line. Would that make sense? I'm still struggling <laughs> with my sport analogies um, for, for a Christian family to pick this up and say, OK, we can we can spend like just a few minutes each evening, perhaps. Um, to work through this as a family together. And you could. You could totally get a copy of the book and then uh, journal it together, journal the questions, dig through the scriptures together, uh, because it's set up, honestly, with the places to write in the book as you study the Word of God. So every child could also have their own tool in their own hands. And maybe, maybe you never know how the Lord's going to lead. He may even uh, prick their conscience and their mind to grab that book throughout the day and learn more about God's Word. There's something about when we give time to him and study his word, you want more of it. It's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. I know you've you've experienced that, Rebecca, through your life. Yeah, um, but I think, you know, when I was eight, I mean, this this study is designed for eight to 12 year olds. Um, when I was eight, I wasn't reading the Bible for, my, for myself. Honestly, nobody in my family, like I wouldn't even have had a, a vision for that, like an idea of that. Um, I encountered the Bible at church and um, in, in various other meetings, perhaps, but but not by myself. And so I would love, like my eight-year-old self would have really benefited, mm-hmm. I think, from something to to just give me an easy on-ramp to that. And I kind of think that when we hear words, even as adults, like uh, apologetics, or I mentioned homiletics, just the, you know, in-depth study of the word, that we tend to turn away because we're thinking, oh, that's just going to be boring. And if we think that, then our kids are certainly going to respond that way, too, because they have so much stimuli in their lives now. But you say that we can help them engage and it doesn't have to be boring. No, I think it's completely the opposite of boring. And especially um, because at the very beginning of the study in the introduction, we do a little bit of framing like, hey, what what is Mark's gospel? How do we know that it's giving us faithful access to real eyewitness accounts of, of Jesus's life and not just, you know, something made up much later or whatever. Um, and we we start with a, a story from my granny um, in, in the UK who um, lived through the, the Second World War um, and the stories that that she would tell about that. So like um, if, if kids have grandparents to think, OK, this the, the distance between when Jesus um, died and, and rose again and when Mark's gospel was written down is like sitting down with your grandparents and saying, hey, tell me about something that happened um, when you were a young person. And we don't say, well, they couldn't possibly remember, you know, the life changing events that happened when when they were young. Of course they can. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to remember not not everything, but they'll remember the things that that really changed their lives. Those conversations that meant everything, those experiences that were were life changing and meeting Jesus was a life changing experience. So we, we shouldn't be shocked that people. Um, you know, Mark's gospel was probably written, most experts think, between 35 and 45 years after Jesus's crucifixion to, to make sure that when the eyewitnesses had died out, there would still be a faithful record of of what they said. And so 
we, we could be we could be very confident that they were, were remembering the things that they had seen and heard from Jesus and the stories they've been telling for, for three decades at that point already to anyone who would listen to them. Confidence in the Word of God, and we want to pass that on to our children. We're talking to Rebecca McLaughlin today, a Bible study for our kids, 8 to 12 years old, exploring the earliest gospel. We'll get this linked to our Facebook page. Don and Steve in the morning. Steve's out today. Thanks for praying for he and his family. They're well. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. We're glad you're here. Call or text 800-555-7898 and join the conversation. Oh, I would love that, especially with Steve Hiller out today. Please make sure that you feel welcome to join this conversation at any time. That same number is 800-555-7898. I can text you the link about the book we're talking about as well. It's posted on our Facebook page and the author of this Bible study for our kids through the book of Mark is talking to us about what you, Rebecca McLaughlin, wrote with your daughter's help. And I just want to know, as your daughters went along this process with you, what was their favorite part of this collaboration? Do you know, we started off by sitting in a coffee shop together on a nice. weekly basis and working through, you know, we, we'd sort of crank out a, a few studies together. Um, each study begins with a little illustration drawn from usually from popular culture one way or another. So I was kind of getting their ideas on that from things they'd read or movies they'd seen. And that was lovely. And then we realized we're, we're not actually progressing fast enough because Mark's gospel, even though it's the shortest gospel, is, is quite long. So we, we've broken the book down into um, 66 little little daily Bible studies. Um, I actually really like that because it means that kids, if they go through the study, they'll, they'll really have a chance to develop a habit, like a daily habit that will then see them through um, to, to another study. But then we thought, okay, we're going to have to um, reconfigure things a little bit. So um, I'll start doing more of the writing with Miranda, the elder daughter, kind of helping more. And then Eliza kind of became more of our editor. She was, she was the youngest. So she would read through things and say, you know what, those words do not make sense to somebody my age or, ah, that bit's weird. Or, you know, so we basically had like um, great editorial feedback from Eliza at that point. And I think they both um, enjoyed the opportunity to really get involved um, in a book and to think through Mark's gospel as a, as a whole big story. Cause I think, especially when, when you're younger and, and you're reading kind of little chunks of the Bible, um, at bet, like if you're reading the Bible at all, then you'll probably be reading like a, a few verses at a time. It's hard then to get the, the sense of a whole book. And actually Mark's gospel is, is one big story. And so we, we divided it into, into acts a bit like a play. And, and I think it was fun for them to be able to see, oh yeah, this is, this is how this, this whole story of Jesus's life, death and resurrection um, that Mark's giving us hangs together. So I think they enjoy that. It's just such a beautiful thing. I know our youngest especially loves going to a coffee shop. And if we're going to spend time together, that's almost part of the love language is that yeah. extra time. And reading the Bible, it's so important. I mean, we get that. We realize that. But if we've never gone any deeper into an actual study, what are we missing? Yeah, I think uh, it's tempting with kids, especially to say, oh, well, we, we'll give them like an inspirational verse. Maybe like every day we, we can read them a verse that they can, like kind of verse you could print on a coffee mug or on a, on a T-shirt, sort of send them off to school maybe with a, a verse. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Like great to have verses, especially verses that, that our kids are memorizing. But actually, if we give them an opportunity to to build up and really um, 
grapple with God's word for themselves, really see like whole stories, whole narratives, whole sections of teaching, we're giving them much better access actually to, to what God's teaching them. And as they go through life, if as adults, we're, we're still at a point where we're just, you know, picking verses here and there, we're never going to be able to tell when somebody's actually teaching us falsely, because mm. you can pick, you can pick a mixed Bible verses and come up with pretty much anything that you want to, if you take things just out of context. But if we train our kids to say, no, I, I actually need to, need to know what the context is, what, what are the surrounding ideas, where, where in Jesus' teaching does this, this verse come, for instance, um, we're actually going to be giving them um, vital tools f- for their discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that it's never too early to start that process with them. Never too early. Oh, and the statistics, Rebecca, are showing us that here in the States, our biblical knowledge is on the skids. It's so mm-hmm. low. 6% of us in the church have a biblical worldview. So what a great tool for such a time as this to be able to share with our families. It's a Bible study for our kids geared to 8 to 12-year-olds. Rebecca McLaughlin joining us. She and her daughters penned this one, Exploring the Earliest Gospel. And we have this connected to our Facebook page. Can send you the link in any way, 800-555-7898. So grateful, not only for the tool of this study, but for your time this morning, Rebecca, for sharing your heart for our families to teach our kids the Word of God.